After having spent two years living in Brazil, I was able to witness the impact that the sport of soccer can truly have on an entire country. And it got me wondering, how come the United States hasn't jumped on board yet? I mean, we have so many soccer players with major potential here in the United States, but it oftentimes goes unnoticed because it's overshadowed by those major sports like football, basketball, baseball, even hockey for that matter. So I decided that I wanted to educate my listeners on the sport of soccer as a whole, which is why I brought on the guests that I did, because we're going to talk about some of the players you should be watching on both the men's and women's teams. We're going to talk about the game atmosphere. We're going to talk about how easy soccer is to learn. So if you don't understand why you should be supporting soccer, this episode is for you. So listen in as we break it down for you today on the Game Time Guru. So what time is it? Game Time Welcome back to the Game Time Guru. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and today I'm joined by a fellow sports enthusiast, a Boise State fanatic, the president of the American Outlaws of Boise, uh, an old friend of mine by the name of Tyler Bates. Tyler, thanks so much for joining the show. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to, to join me and speak a little bit about some sports today. Absolute pleasure, Shane. It's been way too long. Finally get to talk with you one-on-one and and people, if you don't like Tyler, you probably better know me as TB, for one. All right, so we're calling him TB, all right? So Tyler is better known as TB. And if you guys want to follow someone who actually drops a ton of sports knowledge on social media, go find him on Twitter, at IamTBait. So IamTBait, all one word. He's always dropping knowledge, um, talking everything sports-related. Also... He does a post-game live video feed, video chat on Bronco Nation News. So if you're a fellow Boise State football fan and you're not already you know, following Bronco Nation News on Facebook, go do it because TB will be on there after every single game. He's always getting the, the crowd talking. He facilitates the conversations and gets the, the discussion flowing. So follow him there. Um, I've known TB for a good you know, 10, 15 years now since we were in high school. The guy knows what he's talking about. So before we get started, uh, TB, we're going to ask you a few questions. And I'm just going to kind of fire them off at you to kind of let the audience know who you are. So are you ready? I'm just going to ask you a few things. Go for it, man. <laughs> All right, man. So starting with, what are the sports you played growing up? Sports I played growing up were mostly kind of basketball. I did football, and I did a little bit of track and field. I mean, when I was raised, I was raised in an agriculture community about two hours away from the Meridian area in Twin Falls, so there wasn't really a lot of things that you could really do other than those main sports, especially in small school settings. So that's really what I did. And then followed it a little bit when I had a brief stay, moved up here to Meridian and met you guys and still do it to this day, mostly when I can. But now I've added, of course, skiing and I've added running and I've added indoor soccer. So a lot of things to keep me going and moving. Before I even go to the next question, I just have to say very well-rounded um, athlete is what we should say. <laughs> okay, so what's your favorite sport? I have to say my absolute favorite sport of all time right now, I, it used to be, I would say football, I would say, and I should say American football because I could get things confused with soccer or however people get turns on. But I have to say American football absolutely is there. But a close second as it keeps near and dear to my heart has been skiing more and more throughout the years. 
your favorite NFL team? Sadly, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I might be the only one in the state of Idaho who actually roots for that team. Favorite NBA team? Oh, no question. The Boston Celtics. Okay. Favorite NCAA basketball team? Rock Jock Jayhawk KU. Favorite college football team? Boise State. What else? Favorite baseball team? <laughs> oh, the boys in the Beantown, the Boston Red Sox. Okay. And your favorite major league soccer team? PTFC, the Portland Timbers. All right. And do you have any soccer teams that you root for, like, in other leagues across the world? I do, actually. I am big follower in the Bundesliga, so my big following is Borussia Dortmund in Germany. And then I have a small following with Hull City in England, but they're in a, they're in a league below the Premier League, so it's kind of hard to watch them. But I do keep a following on Hull City. Awesome. All right. So I have to ask you one thing, TB. You mentioned, you know, the Red Sox, you mentioned the Celtics. What is your tie to Boston? Like, where, you're in Idaho, man. You're, you Like you said yourself, you kind of grew up in the small towns here in Idaho. What's your tie to Boston? Well, I'll tell you what, man. Growing up a little bit, my dad was big on the Stockton Malone era and the Utah Jazz, so you can attribute to him very much. Um, I, I watched a lot of those games with him, and I enjoyed them, absolutely, watching those Bulls and Jazz rivalry. But it was my grandfather more and more that appreciated the Celtics. He was big, everything being town. He loved the Patriots. He loved the Red Sox. He loved the Celtics. He loved every to go and he was a big Boston College enthusiastic too so and I watched games more with him when especially when I spent the weekend at his house and that was what was on there wasn't anything else on you had to watch Red Sox you had to watch the Celtics and that's in the tape delay era and that wasn't even live back then so you watch these tape delay and I just fell in love with these teams more and more and as the years go on and especially I'd say the biggest moment for us especially was the night that Boston broke that curse and won the World Series title with him and I watching together on the television and just both of us bawling like babies the night that happened it's just that's something that you just never forget. That's so awesome, man. That's like that's the exact reason I love sports. See, I always tell people if the Cowboys ever end up winning a Super Bowl again in my lifetime, which we don't know if they ever will, I'll probably cry because that's good. Like I don't even know what's going to happen because I've never seen it since I was in second grade. But I remember when the when the Red Sox broke that curse. I think it was my sophomore junior year in high school. Anyways, I was I remember when that happened. I'm not a huge baseball fan, but like. I remember that happening and being very like engulfed in that just because of the history and the tradition behind it all. And it was the playoffs and all that. So that's awesome, man. So at least, at least we have an understanding that you're not like one of the bandwagon fans. You actually have a, a, a tie to it that goes deep, deep into like the roots of your life. So that's really awesome, dude. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's just the thing. It's just, and yes, they've been on a run a little bit here and there, especially more popularity as they go. But you know, there's been some bad years and, you, know, you have to roll with the team as much as you can, but that's just part of the part of the way things go. For sure, man, ride or die. Now, now, TB, as a sports enthusiast, you know you you like you said you enjoy a lot of different sports, and your passion shines through in your communication with your 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 fellow sports fans and and everything. So, soccer is one of those sports that you are pretty passionate about as far as like, you know, your interaction with people. I've seen you on, on your Twitter feeds are always repping Portland's Jersey when it's game day. Um, and you know quite a bit about it and we'll get into the American outlaws here in a little bit. But what's interesting to me is that we seem to have a major struggle in the United States, you know, with the sport of soccer gaining popularity, but I was blessed to live in Brazil for two years of my life. And I was able to witness a country that basically rallies behind soccer for lack of better terms. And, you hear these stories about kids, you know, playing in the streets, 
playing soccer barefoot and making a, a soccer bat a soccer ball out of a bag and i witnessed that you know and it seems that like over like 90 percent of the country has some sort of tie to soccer whether you know they're fans of like playing it or they at least just have an understanding of what's going on with their soccer teams most of the people in the country are you know they know what's going on they're aware but i'm, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on the popularity of soccer in the united states as a whole you know, Shane, I think that soccer itself has been making leaps and bounds in the past 20 to 25 years in the USA. I mean, we've seen this with the establishment of the MLS. You've seen where you can actually watch soccer. I mean, pretty much on almost any channel you see on TV today, pretty much there is a game going on today, be that overseas in England or in Germany, wherever that, that there's just a popularity. People have been tying to it. It's an easy sport to learn. It's an easy sport to join. It's fairly inexpensive, too, also to join. I mean, this is from not just as a term of a fan, but from people playing from the youth level, from the high school level to basically co-ed or whatever you're doing from there. It's just something that's been easy, easily to join. And from that aspect, too, as well, it's just the popularity has been growing, too, especially from the outside leagues, but also from the success of the U from USA men's and also from women's soccer from the last 20 to 25 years. So you've just seen this thing grow as it goes. And people have just, while the USA has been a little bit behind from it, they have been making leaps and bounds from it. Okay. So they are improving. Um, so I liked how you mentioned that it's easy to learn. That's one of the th- things that you said. I know for a fact that some of my family members that don't even like sports, the only reason, like my sister, for instance, she doesn't like many sports. She, does, she just follows basketball because she loves that. But she always said that football, American football, was too hard to understand because there's so many penalties, so many rules to the game. But soccer is an easier game to to learn and understand because it's not there's not too much to go with it. There's a few things here and there you got to learn, but it's not that difficult. It's pretty cut and dry. So I like how you said that. I think that's a major part in kind of getting behind a sport. If if you're not a fan of it, you got to understand the game. And if you if you can understand it, it makes it easier to want to actually watch it. Um, now our national team, the U.S. men's team, they have a, a star on the team. I think it's uh, Christian Pulisic. I don't know. You got to correct me on the on the the name there, but. You know, for traditional football, uh, basketball, baseball fans out there, the American sports, can you tell us why we should all be excited about this guy? And first off, change the name if I, I said it cor- incorrectly, but can you explain why we should be excited about this guy and what he brings to USA soccer? Well, I think you got the name right. It is Christian Pulisic, so good job on that one. But <laughs> good, okay. what makes, what, it's good. So, but what makes this this young man, as I should say, so amazing to the USA and why he's so special? It's just how quick and how fast. And just from an unknown perspective where he came from, Shane, I mean, he barely turned 19 years old on Monday. So this is just not even 20 years old yet. This is a kid from Hershey, Pennsylvania. I mean, uh, as small town as it gets, save for the Hershey Chocolate Factory. But this, this young man has just been growing from the ranks in Pennsylvania. He lived over in Germany for a while, trained in, at one of the top academies in, Ger- in Germany, and also played in England. Came back home for a little while, trained from there, and then, which my team, which it is, Borussia Dortmund, actually watched his tape, saw him play, and said, this guy's got something, let's bring him over to the youth academy, and they bring him over in 2015. 
And Shane, it only takes this gentleman 16 games under the Youth Academy to be called up to the first-team squad of Borussia Dortmund, one of the top clubs in all of the world, for this guy to get called into the first team. And it only takes about three games after that for him to get his first start. I mean, he's already been making leaps and bounds into the spot with his style and his play, which a lot of the more veteran players have said, this kid has got something in him. And it's not just playing at the USA level. It is how fast he was able to grow and get into the first team Borussia Dortmund squad. And it's his style and his tactic that has just been making the ultimate success for him. Now he's had a little bit of luck with some guys moving on, getting signed to bigger clubs or bigger teams, but that just falls in line for him to show what he's made of and capable of doing. And it's just such an amazement and a joy to watch him play. And especially at the USA level, we can see, especially with the style of play that happens when he plays for the USA, he is just above anything what anybody had ever expected. We have seen some younger guys come in for the USA and thought maybe they could be something like that, but it just fizzled out at the end. But I'm telling you right now, with him at only 19 years old, it is nothing but positive and, it's keep, and it just keeps going as we head into the future. See, I like to hear that because um, on a prior episode, I – actually spoke with C.C. Hockley, and he mentioned uh, Christian Pulisic, and he was talking about him coming up and where, where his background was and, and how, where he started and everything like that. So after that episode, I actually went and researched him a little bit more. And I'll tell you what, like, if you're not a soccer fan, you need to at least go watch this guy. Like, this is exciting for all the reasons you just said, and I appreciate you breaking it down because we have a lot of potential going forward with the U S men's team. And I think he's going to be a major part of that, um, of the success that we'll have in the future. Um, cause he's actually really, really exciting. At least his highlights are, um, from what I have seen. So staying on the topic of our U S men's team, I want you to tell us, you know, right now, how are they looking in regards to qualifying for the world cup? Well, everybody's still a little bit in kind of a panic mode right now and, <laughs> and just, and justifiably so. Um, currently right now, the USA is actually sitting in fourth place in the CONCACAF, which CONCACAF is the confederation that the USA plays in under North, mostly consists of teams from North America and Central America. So the United States right now sits in fourth place in qualifying. Now, for the World Cup in 2018, which is happening in Russia, the top three teams from CONCACAF qualify. So the USA are, follow, are currently sitting just outside. Now, they are actually, but they are actually in a spot right now where if they were to finish in fourth place, they would go into a playoff against a team from the Asia side, which it looks like is either going to be Australia or Syria if things play out like this. Now, the United States still have two more matches to go. They have a home game in October against Panama on October 6th, and then they will finish up October 10th at Trinidad and Tobago, I think, however you say that. But Best, best case scenario for the USA is if you get these two wins, the USA is going to walk in. I think the top two spots, Mexico and Costa Rica, have been pretty much locked up. It's pretty much now a battle between Panama, USA, and Honduras. So that Panama-USA game on October 6th is very, very big, especially for fans of the USA and especially for hopes of getting into Russia, which I don't think a lot of people in the USA, especially soccer fans alike, don't want to see the USA not get in next summer. That's kind of interesting that you said that because I noticed, and I, I've really pay attention to your your Twitter feed and 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 if other people posted on social media like it seemed like you said like a panic was kind of there it's almost like that uneasy anxiety that's coming about from soccer fans across the US because it just didn't seem like they were they're not winning the games they should win or they're not performing to the level they should perform uh but they still have a chance um 
my question for you is, you know, outside of Pulisic, who is the other the other contributors to this team? Do we have anybody that we should be looking at? Like, how's Altador? Is he still playing? I mentioned him in a previous episode too, because he was one of those big names that was it used. To, he was coming up. He's an up and comer. Then he got hurt in the last World Cup, pulled his hammy. Um, what, how's he doing? Is he even there anymore? Who's some some other big names we should look at? Oh, Josie Altador is absolutely still there, still one of the top players. He didn't play in the last qualifier because he got a red card in the Costa Rica game. But, yes, Josie Altador is still there, shining high. Um, the big captain himself, old-timer Chris uh, Dempsey, is still there. You still have Michael Bradley a part of this, but you have a new wave that is joining Christian Pulisic. It's this really young youth age, and it's attributed to a lot of these guys that have been playing overseas. DeAndre Yedlin plays in England for Club Newcastle. He's one of the top stars over there. You also have Bobby Wood, who plays in Germany with Christian Pulisic. He plays on a different squad in Hamburg. And then also another guy that I can't remember off the top of my head right now and it's sad to say that, but I do know there's a couple of other guys that have been playing overseas in England or in Germany or actually in Spain as well. They have been a lot of youth. This is something that the USA has been moving more towards to. They have been encouraging their both their men's guys. If they are talented enough in this field, best, best place to ex- exhibit that talent, you need to go over to Europe because that's where some of the best, if not the best players in all of the world, the best leagues in all the world, you get to play. You get to see that top-notch competition that you will see in the World Cup. So for guys that are big contributors with Pulisic, you still can add Josie Altador to that mix, but you also have DeAndre Yedlin, you also have Bobby Wood, and it was Fabian Johnson is the other guy that I'm referring to. I love it, man. Okay, so we still have hope um, that our team's going to get there to the World Cup so we can cheer them on, um, is at least on the men's side. Now, we can't forget about the women. All right, our, our U.S. women's team has seen some major success in, in recent years, especially, and I mean, dating all the way back, um, I think, to the late 90s, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but uh, I want to see who we should be watching for and like who's exciting in the women's team, like on the, on the women's game. Well, as it's great that you mentioned that because actually right now I've got the game up right now. The USA women are playing tonight. They've got another friendly against New Zealand, and that's something that I've been watching is there's a lot of youth coming up. There's still the veterans that you have of Carly Lloyd, Alex Morgan, Sydney LaRue. Those are big names that you see. Tobin Heath is also another big name that you see on this, and Megan Rapino. Now, a couple of the girls that I particularly would say to keep a close eye on, Mallory Pugh is an 18-year-old who has come very, very fast and rose above the ranks, and now she's up on the first-team squad. She's actually starting tonight for this match. But there is a big connection here that people do not realize here in Idaho, maybe not until now. Sophia Heretta should be a name that Boise people should be very proud of and keep a very close eye on, because now there is a connection for the USA women's team. She started her high school soccer right here in Boise at Centennial High School, graduated from Centennial, and for a time, because there was no roster spots for the USA women's team, because her father had Mexican heritage, she actually went and played for the Mexico national team at the under-20 World Cup. But re- more recently, we've had a couple of women who have retired from the USA squad, and her name has actually been called up and asked for it. So FIFA has a rule that allows you to make that one-time change from one nation to another if you meet the qualifications, which obviously she does. And she just barely made that change, and it was granted on Friday, and she actually suited up in the second half 
half and actually had an assist to Alex Morgan in one game. So Sophia Heretta is going to be another one because she, I love the way that she plays because I was able to watch some of her tape at Centennial. She looks so amazing, and she's going to be somebody that the USA women's absolutely need as they head on and to their World Cup qualification, which won't be for another couple of years, but she is absolutely something that Boise can be very proud of and also for the USA as a whole. That's so cool. I love hearing success stories from athletes out of the Treasure Valley uh, or anywhere around Idaho for that matter, but it's really cool to see the local the local folk actually make it somewhere big because we always get the the hate from people around. You see it even at the college level. Everybody hates on Boise State because the athletes aren't as good, da-da-da-da-da. We always hear it, but it's so cool to see them be successful. That's awesome, man. So thank you for breaking it down um, and giving us someone to watch and keep an eye on. Uh, we'll definitely be doing that. And so on the world level, it seems like we have a, a pretty successful group of players in regards to the women. Now, my question here is, it, this came up in a class that I actually had last year, my, my final year at Boise State. It was a sports culture class, and it was talking about you know women's sports in general, but women's professional soccer. We have such a good you know national team. We have such good national players, especially on the women's level, like I said, but it doesn't seem like we have a successful league. Like there's never a consistent successful women's professional league. Like we have in the, you know, the MLS. Do you know why that is? Like what, what is the problem with women's professional soccer in the United States? If we have such good women's players, but women players, I can't, whatever players that are women, you know what I mean? <laughs> I know what you mean there. Well, I actually can tell you that they've been trying for years to get leagues together. And there is a league now here in the United States for women to play. And they have top notch women from all over the world that actually play in this league because it's one of the very few women's soccer leagues in the world per se that actually have it. And it's the, it's the national women's soccer league or NWSL for short. Now they do have that here and we do have teams. As I should say, Sophia Heretta, I should have mentioned for one, she actually plays in this league. She plays for her team, the Chicago Red Stars. You also have the Portland Thorns, and just to name a couple of teams. But there are some more teams there. But I think the biggest problem that you're attributing to is this. It's just what I would personally see from this level is just that, and it's very sad to say, because I don't personally agree with it, because I enjoy watching women's soccer as much as men's soccer. Sometimes there's actually some more talent in the women's level than there is men. It's the way, so amazing to see what they can do. But I think the biggest thing, the biggest draw that has to be is just always been the dominant thing. Male athletes, as we've seen, and especially in the USA as a whole, what are we watching on Sundays? We love to watch the NFL. We love to watch the NBA. We love to watch college football on Saturdays, for that matter. We're looking at a women's league. It doesn't usually draw that huge attention unless it's somebody that you actually know one name per se. But I do think they're making things a little bit better, at least now. There's a professional league itself. I think the biggest problems now, too, is just gaining that interest. We do see the numbers starting to very slowly but gradually rise in terms of the professional level. And then the biggest thing that I would say, too, is always going to be wages. There's always going to be a wage dispute. It's just something that this country is still battling to this day, and it's very sad to it's very sad to see for myself because I do know that there are a lot of talented women out there who hardly that I could probably attest to this. An average MLS player probably makes anywhere between one hundred fifty to two hundred thousand dollars. The average woman athlete who plays in the NWSL, some of them probably hold a part-time job on top of this. So that's just something that's got to change, and I think that's a big problem that they're battling with as they move along with this. 
in a in a prior episode we talked about women's sports as a whole and um and not just obviously was we were focusing more on on basketball specifically because in even in the WNBA I mean they're making $30,000 a year that's why a lot of the major players actually end up playing overseas in the off season so they can make extra money and then they come back here and like Diana Taurasi had to do that stuff like that like major players in the WNBA so I guess it's just women's sports as a whole it seems that we're we're struggling with that and and I guess may, like you said it might have to do something with you know the popularity and the exposure that they're getting we you have to have people in the stands to to fill the seats and typically for a, a sporting event whether it be soccer football basketball whatever it is regardless of the level of or what you're watching if it's you know women's sports men's sports if you're in a football stadium like for instance I'll use Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys when I went and toured that stadium he said it cost the exact same amount of money to have a high school football game played in here because of the facilities and the, and the lighting and all the electronics that go into it as it does for the Cowboys games. So a lot of the time they lose a ton of money when they host those games, but they make up for it with the, the Cowboys games and stuff when they sell out the tickets and whatnot. So I wonder if that's something to do with it with women's sports, and especially in soccer too. Maybe the cost is just so high and the travel fees and everything like that that you know it's just hard. And if you're not getting you know people in the seats and TV deals and stuff like that to pay it, I guess – I mean, it's really hard to pay the players, which is really sad, like you said. It's really sad, and and it's a good thing that you mentioned there, because if you look around, and especially here in the United States right now, for soccer-wise, most of the stadiums that you probably see um, probably are playing in crowds of twenty to twenty-five thousand, maybe a little bit more. Um, when they get these, when they get the big level teams that come over, I mean, it's obviously going to be more. But the average women's teams that I see with these professional leagues right now, I mean, they would be lucky to even get ten to fifteen thousand. And this is in a soccer specific stadium, not even in a college football or or a professional football stadium itself. So that's just something that's a big challenge that the United States has to see, and they're growing from this. I mean, it's some at least it is a step in the direction, but there's no question though that they are making leaps and bounds a lot better from the women's professional level and also from the men's side as well that's awesome that's so good to hear i mean hopefully they can continue to to improve in that that aspect and get some more exposure especially for the women though because we want to see women's sports especially women's soccer continue to to grow um and and the men as well but we want to see that continue to happen now switching gears here i want to ask you uh, a soccer fan about the game atmosphere, I kind of want to compare this to that of a traditional sport such as basketball or football or baseball, the American sports, I should say. Um, have you ever been to a professional soccer game, TB? Yes, I've been to a couple of them. I've actually been to two USA men's soccer games, um, and I've also been to uh, one MLS game, obviously the Portland Timbers. Now, I've not been yet to an actual huge international stage one uh, yet, but that is absolutely in the works, in the makings, which I hope to make something happen here the next year because I really, really want to get that happen and get that off my bucket list. Hope you get to do that. You probably will. I'll probably see it up on Twitter and within a year. Um, but I want you to tell everybody, tell everybody here, like any sports fan, why they should at least try out a soccer game at least one time in their life. For those who don't, who've actually never seen or actually been into a game itself. I mean, if you've watched it on TV, maybe, or if you've seen, the, if you've seen, watch highlights on TV. You see this atmosphere. It is sold out. Let me give the great, let me give a good example. I mean, for those who probably know it big enough. If you look on TV and you watch an FC Barcelona or if you watch a Real Madrid game, 
You look at that, that stadium, that is 90 to 95,000 people that are standing all the time. You mentioned it, I listened in your last episode for the, uh, when you were talking the comparison between Buckeye Nation and Boise State football. You guys were pretty much standing almost the whole time against Oklahoma. Well, these right. people, you're there for the game. You are standing. It does not matter if you are sit. It does not matter if you're up on the third level. It does not matter if you're absolutely on the club level. You are standing the entire time, and that really goes double if you are in the supporter section for that particular team. That's another key aspect that is so amazing to see in that type of a game, the supporters of the local, the home team itself. And not just that, you actually do get the traveling away supporters group. It's just the way that they chant, the way they sing, the way that they are going 90 full minutes of singing, cheering, beating a drum, whatever it is that they're doing. It's just the passion that they have or scarce up anytime. It is all the time you are yelling, cheering, singing. You're losing your lungs in this. And it's just, it is amazing sight to see on that. And also to the players themselves. That is a huge field that these guys are playing on. Call it the field soccer field. A lot of people over in England or wherever else that you see it, they call it the pitch. But that is a lot of running up and down, and you have to be fit as anybody out there. I mean, I'm a pretty well-rounded person who likes to think that I'm a pretty good athlete, but I don't know if I could run 90 minutes up and down the field like these guys have to do day in and day out. And that is something that is just so amazing. And how fast the game goes, too. When it is two halves. 45 minutes each, save for some stoppage time that they have if there was injury or whatever else. But then you're out the door. I mean, that, it's a very quick game. There's no, there's no media break. There's no TV timeout or ref coming out to tell you we have to go to break for timeout. It is 45 minutes. You are playing. You get 15 minutes for half. You come back out, you play another 45 minutes, and you're done. And that is something that just it's easy to do, and you can get it done in the two-and-a-half-hour span of the day. But it's just all those aspects and just something that for somebody, you have to see it to believe it. And obviously, too, I would say the number one thing for me, the fans and the way that the cheering and the chanting is. The the whole media timeouts thing, as much of a football, American football fan as I am, that is the one thing that I absolutely cannot stand. And I was just talking to my friend at the Boise State game last week um, when we uh, were playing New Mexico we're sitting there, and every time the referee that's in charge of like the media timeouts comes out, he's wearing the orange. Every time I see him step off the sideline into the field, I I literally get very frustrated. Like it gives me anxiety because I know we have to sit there for at least a minute and a half, and it's gonna be, if not longer, uh, it just irritates me. So I'm so glad you brought that up because that is one thing. Yeah, soccer doesn't have those. It's a constant flowing game. So some people will call it boring, but. In reality, it's actually not because it's constant action. Even if the ball is just being kicked around and passed, it's, it's never stopping. So it, it's amazing, and I'm glad you brought it up. The passion. Um, I've never been to a professional soccer game like outside of the arena game, which I'll touch base on here in just a second. So I, that's on my bucket list. Um, I don't have a ton of friends that are truly uh, you know, passionate soccer fans, but like I said, when I lived in Brazil, I hated soccer until I moved to Brazil. Then I realized wow, this is such an amazing sport. There's so much passion behind it. And that's what I love about sporting events is the passion. So I cannot wait to go. And you just got me even more hyped up to go. So thank you for breaking that down for us. We're gonna, okay. We'll get you some. We'll have to get you to one of those matches. Dude, I'll come with you, man. I'll come with you. Timbers so, Army will welcome you with open arms. Yes. Okay. All right. I like it. Um, now, touching base on soccer in Idaho. Um, 
in a previous episode, I also talked about this with CC Hockley. I kind of want your thoughts on this. Um, what's your thoughts on the support of the, the game of soccer in Idaho? Is it growing? What do you feel about the fan base here? It's amazing to see just how popular soccer is around in this area. I mean, we have so many youth leagues, and I'm not just talking from the semi-pro level. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that there's a semi-pro team here now, Boise FC, the Cutthroats. Um, but it's just so amazing to see how many youth levels there are, the high school level, how many fans and parents that are out there every time. I mean, I went out there last spring, the big, huge soccer tournament that they have regional-wise, which I think they hold twice a year out of the Simplot um, complex outside of Boise. And it's just so amazing to see what these people have. And I'm so amazed every time that when people are talking about USA soccer, whichever it's USA men's or women's matches, it's so amazing to see how many people are out during match day wearing their jerseys, wearing their T-shirts. You know what they are. And even outside of that, itself there are so many soccer fans here in idaho that have designated different support club teams from around the world be that mls or be that more the professional leagues overseas i've met so many people that have different allegiance to different clubs i've lost count after that we are looking to bring a professional soccer team here to to the valley uh i think it's the usl if i'm not mistaken or something to that effect it's a a lower tier uh, professional league do you think we'd be able to fill the stands if we had one of those I believe that this would happen. I believe it would be 100%. And just mainly because it's not going to be, we're not asking for 10, 15,000 people. It's going to be a simple, probably six to 7,000 stadium. You can't tell me that you can't find 7,000 soccer fans here when I've seen 24,000 come to a soccer-friendly match and when I've seen people get turned away at Rocky Mountain High School for a semi-pro MLS team for two se- a couple of seasons ago. I think it's there. It is something in the making, and I think it's something that will be absolutely successful and, be fr- and I personally myself will be front in line to get a season ticket for it when it does happen awesome okay I'm, I'm glad to hear that because if if and when that does happen uh, i'm excited to go check it out because i think judging on the, by that uh, arena league game that we we went to you and i were both of that one when the the arena national team took on brazil i mean even that you know there's only five thousand people in the in the century league arena but it was cool to see the support they had for a soccer game compared to like when they used to let the stampede play and you had to actually like find a way to give out free tickets and get people to come to the games because they were getting less than a thousand people per game that stadium being packed was really cool it showed me that we do have that support here in the treasure valley and i would love to see that you know week in and week out uh for a for a full season that would be awesome now one thing i wanted to touch base on to, to finish up is uh, we mentioned earlier you happen to be the president of the american outlaws of boise and i want you to completely break this down for us explain what this is what you guys do, what's your goal, um, and, and let's get this out there for people to see because I didn't even know this existed until I saw you post about it, to be honest. So I didn't even know what it was, and I had to do a little bit of research. Can you expand on that? What is the American Outlaws? What is this whole the whole thing that you're a president of? So the American Outlaws, we are the official supporters group for USA men's and women's soccer. Now, Boise is Chapter 117 of currently 194 chapters nationwide of over 30,000 fanatic USA men's and women's soccer supporters. So basically what it is is this. We meet up for matches. Uh, We have a special place that we meet up for matches, both men and women's, all the time. We're there 
to support them, to watch, to sing, to dance, to cheer, be that win or lose, we're always going to be there. This establishment was done, the Outlaws was established in 2007, so we're celebrating our 10th anniversary, and this was established as some, we didn't have a supporters crowd. You know, people showed up for USA soccer games, but the one aspect that was missing from this was what we've seen in professional matches anywhere, a supporters group, a team, a group of people that will be standing and cheering with the drums beating, with the scarves up, color coordination, and this is what the outlaws are for the game aspect. Now, outside of the game, we're also looking to promote. You know, we look at youth organizations, and especially for me, one of my biggest goals since I've taken over is not just for us meeting up for soccer matches. Yes, that's absolutely fun, but we need to make our name known, too, that we want to be community supported, and each chapter has community support, be that whether they're doing organizational projects or charitable events, you know, helping with youth organizations, which is for my chapter, we're working on a few things right now with the youth organization and with the indoor and the indoor leagues to help out where we can. So it's just a matter of we have a passion for soccer and it's just USA men's and women's. You know, we all have different clubs that we support outside of USA, but when it's time for the red, white, and blue to play, we all come together as one. We unite and we strengthen. We have so much fun with this. And so I'm proud of it to be a part of it. The, the Boise chapter was established in February of 2014, right before the last World Cup in Brazil. So we're about three and a half years in, and we're going as strong as ever. And my goal is now is to just now make it more than just meeting for soccer matches. It's now more of getting the word out about the game of soccer and what can we do to be community-oriented. I love it, man. So can you tell us where we can find more information out about you know, the American Outlaws, whether it be on social media, or where can we find out this information? The information you can find for me is this, guys. If you want to follow AO Boise, you, go, you can follow us on Twitter, at AO underscore Boise. You can find us on Facebook, American Outlaws uh, Boise. You can search from there. That'll take you to our page. Like us on that page there. If you want to find out from the national level, you can go to theamericanoutlaws.com. You can learn more about how many chapters if you want to find a local chapter in your area if you're listening somewhere else, because there's at least one chapter in every state, if I remember right now. And if you, this will give you information on memberships and anything else. They also have a store. There's some great stuff that you guys can get. There's a lot of, there's a lot of perks to becoming a member of the American Outlaws. It's not just about coming to the matches itself. And then also as far as AL Boise goes, I always have things up on that page too as well when events are coming up, especially on October 6th when the USA are playing Panama in Orlando and we are meeting for that crucial match. So especially for those who want to get a taste of it, you want to come out and you want to take a look at that, I would invite you guys personally myself. Before we wrap it up, I just want to leave it open for you as open forum. Is there anything you'd like to touch base on in regards to soccer in the United States that we can, you know, that, that any of our listeners can, can learn about? I would say, guys, if a, if a young man like myself can get a hold of soccer and grab the horns on it from a guy who's from Podunk, Twin Falls, Idaho, and learn how to love the game itself – you know, I didn't get to play it as a kid, and now just my love and my passion for it is just amazing. But if you've never tried it out, if you haven't watched a game, I encourage you, watch one game. 
It doesn't matter what it is. Just watch a professional match, watch USA match, whatever it is. You guys will be entranced by it. And I just encourage you guys to do that if you ever that you if you have questions about it. But I just am just so in love with how fast USA soccer as a whole in the United States has grown. We're making the strides. We may not be the best team in the world, but I can guarantee you we are making strides wherever that we can. And no question, it's in good hands. I'm shaking a little bit because I'm hoping that the USA does pull it out and get into the World <laughs> Cup. It's a little bit Jeopardy mode right now, but I have faith that we will get in and sneak in, the, and I believe that USA will be just fine in that aspect. But guys, it is just such an amazing sport, and I'm learning about it every day. There's always new things to learn about it every single day. So that's my final thoughts for you, Shane. All right, man, I appreciate it. Guys, go follow him on social media at IamTBate. Follow his American Outlaw social media pages that he plugged in here. I'm going to put them at the bottom here in the description. Make sure you follow him. Go uh, go check it out and support soccer in the United States. And uh, TB, I appreciate you coming on. For the listeners there, this is the Game Time Guru. I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>